Welcome to Chuck Yates Needs a Job, the podcast special episode today. Digital Wildcatters has a new podcast out. We do. Hell yeah. (laughs) Energy 101. I like it. All right. (laughs) So here's what we need to do. Real quick, we'll start over here with Sydney. Introduce yourself. Say what you do at Digital Wildcatters, and then we'll start talking about y'all's podcast. Great. I'm Sydney. I am the event manager. I'm Jules, and I am a marketing coordinator. I'm Misty, and I'm an executive assistant. I'm Julie, and I run ops. And and Colin. And marketing. And marketing and Colin. (laughs) We'll just stop it at ops. Covers everything. I don't think anybody would actually sign up for that job. I actually really, really enjoy it. Oh, that's so sweet. Okay, we're not recording anymore. You can tell us. No, so tell you guys got together, started a podcast, which I think is really cool. And that's why I'm so glad y'all came on because I love what y'all are doing. Tell us the name. Tell us what it is. Energy 101, where we ask the dumb questions so you don't have to. Um, And it's really just a podcast to help us learn energy and help other people listening also learn. We all came from outside of energy. So working at a place where all we talk about is energy, it was important to all of us to get a deeper understanding of what you guys are talking about. Oh, that's very cool. So we've recorded how many episodes so far, Sydney? Four. 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 We have another one scheduled for next week. Cool. So just give me a sense. Who who have you had on? What have y'all talked about? Kind of how's it gone down? I think uh, my favorite so far has been Diana Grauer with NOV. She talked a lot about their R&D and the steps you have to take to research tech. And she talked a lot about robots. And I feel like our conversations always kind of spiral into these very niche things that, you know, we start with the basic question and always kind of spirals into really fun kind of extra tidbits that I don't think anyone would ever think to ask about. So what was the basic question for Diana? And the reason I'm asking is next time I go eat lunch with her, I want to ask it because you're right. She gets into mm-hmm. robotics world. And I mean, I never did offshore stuff. Right. I mean, robots to me is like a Star Wars movie, but it's actually her life. So what was kind of the base question y'all started with? We kind of just started chatting with her and it kind of just naturally came up that and I can't remember what the actual name of the process was that she started talking about do you I don't remember but I was going to say that was like my biggest takeaway is I related it a lot to the medical field and how technology is developed in Mm -hmm. in the field and you can't just throw it out there because you have all these lives you're putting at risk if the technology doesn't work or it's not ready um something readiness scale oh yeah technology readiness scale does that sound right Oh, nice. (laughs) Something like that. Maybe not. (laughs) Don't hold me to that. (laughs) No, because, I mean, if you think about it, so what Diana does a lot of offshore stuff and, you know, you're under 2,000 feet of water and it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. And so robotics makes a lot of sense because 
I think one of the things, because y'all, you know, we sit around and we talk about what you guys are doing and it's like, well, we just want to ask some questions and can we ask the stupid question and basics? And I remember one time the idea popped up, well, we should record all this. Because the other thing I think that comes out of this, not only sort of this base education is we do a lot of really, really cool shit in the oil and gas business. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, and I mean, I, I kind of, grew up in it. Colin grew up in it. And so it's sort of secondhand to us, but I mean, his drill bit video on, on uh, what you call it, TikTok. I mean, a million people have watched that. Mm -hmm. How crazy is that? I think the technology just in the oil field is insane. And you don't think of it like technology in the sense of the word, because it's all big machinery, but that's still technology and robots. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like one really cool thing with Diana, she's able to get you very excited about what's coming up yeah. in the field. She makes it not so grungy, yeah, which was cool. Because when you think of like oil and gas specifically, you think of just like grungy old West Texas, um, not so much the cool side of things. So Misty, who's give me an give me another episode? Who else did we did you guys have on besides Diana? We've had um, Justin Gauthier. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. Um, and he talked about uh, fluid drilling, right? He kind of broke down the yeah. basics of like upstream, midstream, downstream, like basic level oil and gas. Oh, and I bet Justin was really good at it. Yeah. My favorite Justin time. thing is he posted a picture of himself riding a pump jack. <laughs> and I put it next to Sarah Stodgner's nude picture, and I ran a poll on Twitter of who wore it better. And he didn't lose by that much. I was going to say, did he win? <laughs> which was kind of impressive. Mm -hmm. That must be a thing now. I've seen a lot of people on LinkedIn or pictures of people riding pump jacks. I'm like, okay. Oh, it's always This, a, this is a thing. It's always a it's, thing. It's and a thing. It, you grow up in West Texas, and you've had three beers. You've written it's a, a thing. Yeah. yeah. You don't really have much else to do. <laughs> so, so that's cool. So who else has been on? So we've had Justin, we've had Diana. And we had Kay McCall. She taught us about renewables. Oh, cool. Give me a give me a fact or two that you learned there. I think for me, with her episode, she broke she broke it down. She broke the industry, energy industry down into two parts. And I had never thought of it this way. And probably because I just don't have a deep understanding of the petrochemical side. But she broke it down into the power generation side, which is what renewables are. There's not petrochemicals that you're making right. other products with. And then the petrochemical side, which is where oil and gas really comes in. Um, so it was cool to like get it broken down like that because I've never heard of anyone like talking about that before. Yeah. I know that. Again, it's just kind of one of those second nature things, you know, that mm -hmm. you take oil, you refine it, turns into transportation fluid or fuel that's, you know, 90 some odd percent of all transportation in the world happens because of refined petroleum, right? And But then they make a ton of stuff out of it. I mean, plastics, all that. And one of the, the funniest things is, you know, the CEO of Patagonia uh, somebody wanted to put their logo, an oil and gas company wanted to put their logo on a vest, and he said, no, we wouldn't do that. 
Well, every single product he sells has polyester in it, which is made out of oil. So the Colorado Oil and Gas Association voted him customer of the year. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, no, so it's... So, yeah, it's pretty funny. Okay, but, okay, so this begs the question, and I I don't want to come off as needy here, but I think it's going to come off as needy. Y'all have this great podcast. Y'all are asking these dignitaries uh, base questions on energy to educate, and I don't get to come on. Really? <laughs> I'm so hard. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. Actually, if Since- you remember, we did invite you That's to true. come talk about the... IRA, is that what it's called? Oh, yeah, yeah. the the, uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Yes, Uh, So, like, I have to host my own podcast to get y'all to ask me that question. (laughs) It's an eye for an eye. Okay. Mm Yeah. All right, so fire away. Ask me a question. Is that the question we're going to talk the IRA? I actually wasn't prepared for that. Are y'all prepared for that? No. Can you break down in simple terms what the Inflation Reduction Act is? Yes. So so basically what the Inflation uh, Reduction Act does is when it comes to the energy business is let's call it half a half a billion. It was it five hundred billion dollars or so of credits towards the energy business pushing clean energy. And what what's interesting about it is historically in America how we grew up as a country is government would throw money at things, but it sort of just threw money at things and said, hey, private sector, you go figure it Mm -hmm. out, right? Y'all compete, whoever the winner is. And, you know, our tax code is really dirty because industries go in and get favorable tax treatment for their industry versus other stuff. But for the most part, what was interesting about the IRA is it came in and basically said, hey, we're going all in on electric vehicles, right? And so it it said things like, like uh, here's a tax credit for cars if you buy an electric vehicle. And then it took it a step further and said, oh, by the way, you only get that tax credit if I think it said 80% of your battery components are manufactured in North America and or you mined the materials in North America. So not only did it say kind of, hey, we're doing electric vehicles, it said we're doing it here and we're prescribing the path. And so it's, you know, Mark Meyer, who's starting to hang out with us and is potentially going to write, start writing the BDE newsletter for us, he really pointed out that, holy cow, the second order effects of this, and we're starting to see that is, you know, Honda came out and said, we're building a battery manufacturing plant here. Mm-hmm. We're going to spend $4 billion doing it. And you've seen numerous kind of announcements like that. So it's, you know, it's been interesting watching that amount of money, that amount of favorable stuff in the tax code really push clean energy, but push it in such a way where the government has chosen the path we're going to do it. Because mm-hmm. For instance, if the goal was just to reduce carbon, right, that's why we're driving electric vehicles, the government could say, here's $500 billion, and oh, by the way, if you generate less than this amount of carbon in your car, you qualify for it. That's not what they said. They said electric vehicles. There are guys out there that 
uh, have processes and are on the verge of commerciality in terms of doing low carbon uh, gasoline from natural gas, mm -hmm. they don't qualify. Why is that? Like, well, why? What? What is the agenda here? Well, and that's what's really fascinating about it, at least from my vantage point, is the lobbyist, I guess, for electric vehicles won out. Because the ultimate goal is less car CO2 in the air, mm -hmm. right? Less emissions. Right. But that wasn't tied to the tax. The tax was you're an electric vehicle. So, so it was very specific. It was very specific. The government chose the winner right there instead of, mm -hmm. hey, guys, have lower emissions cars and you'll get a tax credit. They said, no, it's electric vehicles. So it's interesting because, and, and to the point Mark, was making about the second order effects, it's not just, okay, we're taking, you know, $500 billion and we have a $31 trillion worth of debt. So I hate to say <laughs> 500 right. billion is a drop in the bucket, but it's kind of a drop in the bucket. Instead of just spending that, it's stepping back to Honda et al building factories here that take $4 billion and all. We're really going to be spending a lot of dollars. And that goes back to the big picture thing that we talk a lot about around here is the goal is to reduce CO2. But at the end of the day, um, we got to do it and spend $5 trillion, not do it and spend $50 trillion. Because right. if we spend $50 trillion, the $45 trillion could do a lot of good things. Feed people, the homeless, whatever you want to do with $45 Because I think that I think basically the markets stated we're going to reduce emissions, right? And I mean, that's not just the government. Right. That's Apple computer. Right. It's my kids. It's everybody has said that. The, the key for the good of the world, I think, is to figure out how to do it without bringing down our quality of living. And we can bring down our quality of living two ways by one, not having cheap, affordable electricity and two, just spending more money on things that we shouldn't. So yeah. the IRA is pretty fascinating. We need, we need to get somebody somewhere that knows a lot more about it mm -hmm. than I do to actually come on yeah. and talk about it. Cause I think we're going to look back in five years and go, Holy shit, that was a way bigger deal than even we yeah. appreciate. What's the, the sentiment of like in the different energy verticals about this, like oil and gas, what's the sentiment there with it? Um, renewables, what's the sentiment there? Like, is it aligned? Is everyone like on the same page or is it like controversy? No, I think, I think oil and gas folks look at it and go, okay. So when you look at the tax code and government spending, they're, they're basically kind of two buckets, right? One is if you spend X amount of dollars on mm -hmm. something, how you depreciate that over time influences your taxes, right? So if we spend $10 billion and we can depreciate that over 10 years, it's a billion a year. Well, it's actually better for us if we can depreciate in two years, right? Because everything we depreciate covers up income and we don't have to pay tax on. So it's how you depreciate CapEx. And then there are literally what I define as subsidies, that's the government cutting a check mm -hmm. to you. And so I think what the what oil and gas has always had is accelerated depreciation. So people have kind of said, hey, it's really crappy that you drill a $10 million well 
And about 75% of it can be depreciated in the first year, even though that well is going to be producing oil for 40 mm -hmm. years, right? So people have always said, that's crappy. What oil and gas guys say about renewables, they actually get subsidies from the government. I mean, the government gives you a tax credit, meaning yeah. if you spend $100 building a solar plant, you get $100 of savings on your taxes no matter what if that plant works, right. doesn't work, and all that. So I think oil and gas is saying, hey, why are you subsidizing yeah. all those guys? And I think their legitimate argument is at least what I generate, oil and gas, can be base load in terms of generating electricity. You know, we, winter storm Uri notwithstanding, but, you know, we can run natural gas-fired plants, generate electricity no matter what, you are, in effect, encouraging the building of wind and solar, which is great. But when they don't run, we don't have electricity and they don't pay a penalty for that. Right. Because right. the way most certainly the, the grid in Texas or right. caught the way it works is you put some electricity on the grid, you get paid for it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so wind and solar that, in effect, gets built for free because the government is subsidizing that puts electricity on, makes money. The wind doesn't blow, it doesn't put it on. Who cares if you're the wind provider? Well, the consumer cares because all of a sudden the lights go off and right. and all that. And so I think I think there's that fight between oil and gas mm -hmm. and renewables. And and in fairness, the renewables folks back to the oil and gas people are, yeah, but your product generates carbon and you don't pay a tax on that. You go pollute the, yeah. you know, and so they're. Therein kind of lies the rub of the big fight and, quite frankly, why we're having fuses so those folks will get together Bring and talk together, about yeah. that mm -hmm. instead of, you know. Do you think that if they were to get charged a fine for not producing, that it would create innovation, like faster innovation within, like, the wind, solar yeah, yeah. You know, so so when I did the energy policy draft as a podcast and had people on and they chose what their policy was going to be, David Ramsen Wood's prescription for the way to create innovation and unleash the free market was no more subsidies, no more accelerated depreciation on things. Energy, y'all just go compete with each other in the winter, uh, the winter falls out whoever wins yeah. um the the issue with that is how do you treat carbon because i mean right. even if you don't believe that rising co2 levels is leading to global warming even if you just say no we're in natural cycles and all yeah. that co2 still sucks in the air uh you know i mean you don't sit behind a, a car and suck in fumes because it's <laughs> right. Nice, right you know yeah. so there is I think we all agree pollution has some price. Some people may think yeah. it's this. Some people may think it's that. So that was Dave, uh, David Ramsen Wood's way of, of um, going through creating innovation. Um, you know, another thing we clearly need to do is way more shots on goal. I mean, we need to throw money at things and have inventors inventing, entrepreneurs trying to create companies uh, around this because we can talk all we want to about how um, 
we can talk all we want to about how uh, we are going to reduce carbon emissions and all that. We're not. I mean, is John Kerry really going to stop flying his plane around? Is, <laughs> I mean, Leonardo, I mean, 25-year-old girls like the plane, right? <laughs> so I get it, Leonardo, you need your plane. But, you know, so we're not going to reduce our standard of living. And the only thing, you know, that that we've got really out there to, if CO2 is this huge problem, is technology. And the only way to get the technology is way more shots on goal. Right. So. Yeah. I think, and I'm a libertarian, so if the government went away, I'd be the happy guy. But at the end of the day, if you're going to have government spending money, throw it everywhere, you know, just so we get kind of more shots on goal. This is actually kind of difficult. I'm glad y'all didn't ask me on. (laughs) I feel like this This is is a crossover. This is so hard. It's like, oh my gosh, I wasn't ready for this. We put you on the spot. I know. The uh, back in the back in the day, Chevy Chase at the start of Saturday Night Live, Gerald Ford was uh, president, and Chevy Chase would impersonate him, and they were doing a mock de- presidential debate. And uh, Chevy Chase leans in as Gerald Ford. I was my understanding there was going to be no math on this debate. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you feel. That, that I have is... a I have a segment I want to do. Uh oh, do it. Oh my gosh. Surprise. Surprise. Misty's scaring me with that smile. Oh, my gosh. What is it? Okay. Yes. All right. So I haven't talked. I don't know. I haven't talked to all of you about this, but this is a fun segment that I would actually like to introduce into our podcast. It's called Factor Cap. And I'm going to tell you some sentences, some statements about energy, and you're going to say Factor Cap. What does cap mean? It, that's like Jules, not Jules. Fact. This yeah. is you. Yeah, like, like, like an overreaction. It's it's a false statement. It's a false like, statement. True or false? But true. Yeah. factor so, cap, do, keeping okay. up with the times. Okay, how would I use the use cap in a sentence as me <laughs> directing towards my <laughs> me directed towards my 15, 16, or twenty year old? How would I say that? <laughs> Stop capping on dad. Yeah, I guess. Like, I feel like it's more cap. common like, that that's... people say no cap. No cap. Meaning it's like completely true. Like, I could be like, I'm wearing a garnet shirt. Like, no cap. Like, you know, it's for sure I'm wearing this color shirt. Everyone okay. in my so family opposite. is going to get roasted for me explaining what <laughs> that's cap means on a podcast. No cap. Okay. All right. So, cap or cap? Or... Fact, fact or, or cap. cap. It's a fact. Right. So, if it's, you think if it's not true, you just say cap. It's, it's another word for like, that's false, I guess. Yeah. Like, that's okay. cap. I wonder where it came from. Different segment. Continue. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to (laughs) Google. Okay. First one. A single lightning bolt unleashes five times more heat than the sun. Fact or cap? Fact. I don't actually know the answer. (laughs) I was waiting. (laughs) We came a little unprepared today. I'm assuming they're, they're actually facts. But... One more. Okay. Assume I didn't just say that either. Okay. <laughs> um, 60 minutes of solar energy could power the earth for a year. Factor cap. 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 Oh, yeah. Why? Is it cap? I think it's So fact. it could be cap depending on how you read it and if you get an explanation. Solar energy meaning the sun, not like capturing it. It's just like straight up sun power. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So so what I took it meaning was 
the state of solar technology today mm -hmm. if it just had an hour of sun, which would be a stupid question, right? That's because exactly we, what it, I was told today. Yeah. So <laughs> no, 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 that would be a stupid question because of course it gets an hour of sun and we don't power the whole world with it. So yeah. 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 So you're just you're just saying if we could capture an hour of sunlight, capture all of it and probably have perfect efficiency in the transformation. So for for the purpose of explaining explaining, um, the sun is the most powerful source of energy in the universe, sending four hundred and thirty quintillion joules. Do you say joules or jowls? Joules. Joules. Ja what? Of energy. I've never heard anyone say it like that. Every year. So I've never heard anyone say it like that. Say jowls? Yeah. Jules. Is it jules? It's jules. Like jules. It's jules. Yeah, it's jules. You're a powerful energy. Yeah, you are. A beaming ray of sunlight. You want to do one more? Sure. 10 Google searches can power a 60 watt light bulb. Factor cap. That totally seems like a fact. You know? I mean, it, so the fourth largest user of energy on the planet is the Xbox network. You know, I mean, wow. all your all the kids sitting around. Yeah, I read that fact somewhere. Yeah, it's just it's crazy. I mean, everybody goes on about Bitcoin mining and how much energy it uses. It's like, no, it's the kids mm -hmm. down in the basement with the headset. Are they really on. kids though? The adults. They're yeah, like right. 30 to 40 year olds. Tell, tell us about your ex-boyfriend. That sounds, <laughs> did, we, did we lose a boy to the uh, Xbox? Yeah. No, it's the it's the 30 to 40 year olds whose kids are taking a nap and they're upstairs mm. playing Xbox. Yeah, I can't defend my people. That's 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 very true. So what's the plan? So so bring people on, mm -hmm. ask kind of basic questions in energy, where the podcast goes. Target listener, is this kind of like my mom? Mom should be listening to it. Who else? I think it's really anyone, whether you're in the industry, outside the industry, you know a little bit, you know nothing. I think it's for anyone who just wants to raise their own IQ. I feel like energy, oil and gas, the IRA, renewables, EVs are such big topics that you're seeing almost in every major publication every week. There's some sort of something about whether it's gas prices or EVs or, God, I feel like I, I could go on, but it's for anyone who just wants to raise their IQ because that's the goal at the end of the day yeah. is to get everyone, what, no matter your opinions, is have that base knowledge to be able to have the conversation, which is something I feel like all of us coming from outside of energy, working at Digital Wildcutters now, I know that's been kind of a personal goal, I think, for all of us. And it's been fun along the way to kind of start at that base level. So when you're hearing people come in at the office and talking about it, you actually can listen and know. Follow, yeah. 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 Well, you know, I'll say this as somebody, you know, I mean, I've been in energy, what, 30 years now. And even I would have meetings where we were going through due diligence on land issues in an oil and gas deal and just asking a bunch of basic questions of the landman on like, okay, we have a title dispute. What is it? And him saying, him or her saying, well, I went to the courthouse and what, well, what, what, what do you do at the courthouse? You know, and, and you go back mm -hmm. and they just walk through kind of the basics. And I'm sure they thought 
I knew that because I've been in the business forever and, you know, you don't have a clue. So this is cool. Yeah, I think it's even people within the energy industry are so tunnel vision on their specific sector. They're oil and gas. That's all they tunnel mm-hmm. vision on that. So renewables, geothermal, like they're not, maybe they're not so educated on all of the other energy sectors. So that's another reason why we're doing it. Oh, that's cool. The um, So... I got lectured when I started a podcast. You know, the key to it is consistency. (laughs) If you're going to drop Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock, drop every Wednesday morning Mm -hmm. at 8 o'clock. Yes, Chuck. Yes. (laughs) Y'all scared me. So we are dropping every Thursday starting. Did we drop this Thursday? We didn't. Starting next Next Thursday. Thursday. Starting next Thursday. Okay. And... How do people find this again? Energy 101. <laughs> so you can, we're on Spotify, Apple, um, whatever. You can search Digital Wildcatters Energy 101. Um, you can also go to digitalwildcatters.com and we're there. And YouTube, are y'all doing video too or yes. just audio? Yeah. Nice. Yes. Okay, very cool. And so yeah. if any of Chuck's listeners have any ideas of who we should have on or topics that we should cover, this is great for anyone outside the industry that's like, hey, I would love to learn more about XYZ. We are your people. We got um, your back. There we go. There we go. Very cool. The uh, I'm not sure I would have made that broad a statement to my listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like you're going to get maybe an answer from my mom and my that's fourth, okay. and my that's fourth a grade teacher. But besides that. <laughs> hey. If they don't know much about energy and they want to learn more, that's that's our audience. Or if you are an expert on a topic and want Ooh, to come yeah. school us up. Mm-hmm. Nice. Out. That's a good nice. Idea. Very cool. Wait, before we go, we want to ask you one Uh-oh. last question. All right. Are you ready? I guess. What is your most embarrassing story Ooh. ever? Ooh. <laughs> ever. Ooh, Tell ever, us the tea. Ever the most embarrassing uh story ever okay i'm gonna bust mom (laughs) so i i will also think of something more embarrassing while i'm telling this story this was pretty embarrassing so one day i was a freshman in high school right and that's pretty awkward time right and it's even more awkward i'm trying not to get on my soapbox but as freshmen and high school women right y'all got all the attention from the senior and junior guys everything's cool the freshman guy is the most awkward person on the planet right (laughs) and so i'm sitting in class one time and someone who shall remain nameless because there's an outside chance that a high school friend is is listening to this but i was actually talking to a really cute girl And my mom barged into class and took my car keys because I had left shorts on uh, the floor of my bedroom. Wow. Yes. Wow. (laughs) And and God loves Sally H. She's the greatest human being on the planet. She really is. I need to take some tips from her. (laughs) Well, she has four boys. And so there were just those days when, you know, stuff hit. Mom's a wonderful mom. We had dinner two nights ago. She's very special. Came in, yanked my car keys right in front of cute girl. <laughs> I was traumatized. Thank goodness. So, that what did cute girl can't say? Just, like barge in nowadays. Yeah, they right. can't. You can't do that now. Yeah. Oh, small town Richmond, Richmond Rosenberg. No, you. 
Small I, town Richmond Rosenberg back in the day. Anything like does. mom barged in and then the teacher said, I don't know what you did, but your mom came in and took you out in the hall and popped you. And then the assistant principal <laughs> heard that your mom did that. He took you to the office and popped you too. So I mean, it was <laughs> so like, funny. and then you got home and because you got popped at school, your mom popped you again. So Rough yeah, night. it was, yeah, it was. <laughs> was cute girl back. making fun of you? I don't know. We never went out. So. <laughs> we never made eye contact. And it was all that. because of the keys and Sally. It was all because of the, yeah, it was all mm-hmm. because of the keys and, and Sally. So, yeah. Actually, in fairness, cute girl agreed to go out with me and then stood me up. <gasps> oh, oh let's just oh, go dear. ahead and take this story to oh. the end of it. We'll, we'll have to break this. We won't, we won't say any names on here. Give her so, a fake name. Yeah. Okay. Sarah Steffi. That was an I feel actual like that's name. her. <laughs> I was like, that was very fast and very exposed. I can't believe I'm going to tell this story on the podcast. But anyway, Sarah doesn't listen to it. And Sarah and I are. She fr- might. This Sarah, is going to be the one episode. Sarah, Sarah and I are friends now. So anyway, Sarah agreed to go out with me and she stood me up. She went and spent the night with all her friends that night. But I got her back later on. But this is like how horrible a human being I am. So I'm fessing up to how horrible. I am. So Sarah started dating my friend Mike. And like later on, and this was one true love and all that sort of stuff. And so he was my best friend. So I kind of had to be nice to Sarah and we were nice and all that. <laughs> and Mike was going out of town one weekend. Chat. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't do what you think I did. Uh, Mike was going out of town one weekend to actually cheat on Sarah. And I played like I was Sarah's best friend. And took her to a movie and all that because Mike's out of town and all that. Yes, mm. I was a facilitator of that. Sneak. Knowingly. She, knowingly. Does she know? Yeah, oh, yeah, know? she found out. <laughs> she knows now. Did you tell her? What? Did no, t- I didn't tell her. How did she find out? Well, I think Mike finally fessed up to um, her. Or, you know, mm-hmm. the 12 people at the party watching it told her. <laughs> I don't know. God. Yes. And that is the that is my most embarrassing story in full one. circle. That was a good one. I'm kind of breaking out in a sweat. I shouldn't have told that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sarah. That was very wrong of me. You should end every episode with an embarrassing story. You should. No. I feel like you have this way was, more. I know. This That's was this chose? was way too traumatic. I'm so glad. I can't believe, and I'm not coming on uh, Energy 101. Not if that, not if not this if is more of this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to talk about celebrities if you come on Energy 101. Oh, yeah. love me some celebrities. Quickly, can, yes. who was the celebrity that you fangirled the most over? Fangirled the most like over. Like when you met, you were just met. starstruck. I mean, like there's no question. Um, it's not even close. The fangirl the most over, Brett Michael of Poison. Oh. Totally. So I've hung out, I've hung out backstage with Brett because the beauty of a Brett Michaels show, literally everything's for sale, right? I mean, hey, I want that hat that Brett wore on stage. Tour manager's like, well, what will you give me? Yeah. You know, and I mean, so <laughs> literally one of the shows, I was like, hey, I want to go hang out in the trailer with Brett Michael. What will you give me? And so anyway, I bought my way back and I've subsequently bought my way back about Three or four times. So let's call it four or five times I've hung uh, backstage with uh, Brett Michael. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've got a picture on my phone uh, that a buddy took when we were backstage. And I call it uh, Brett Michael, where is my restraining order? Because Brett just looks terrified. (laughs) But he's like, when is this guy going to go away? (laughs) When is this guy going to go away? 
But uh, the first time I ever went backstage to hang out with Brett Michael, I was, I was starstruck. I mean, this is my dude, right? And all. Yeah. So I kind of walk up and I'm starstruck and he's like, hey, I'm Brett. And I go, I know this sounds kind of gay, but can I have a hug? And Brett looked at me and goes, <laughs> dude, that's totally gay, but bring it on. And, uh, and he gave me a hug. Coolest guy on the planet. That's Seriously. awesome. Yes, totally fanboy. Well, you guys were very cool to come on. I really like the idea of the podcast. That's that's going to be really cool. And I'm going to go listen to him because I want to hear about robots. Mm-hmm. I want to hear Justin because Justin's cool. Awesome. And Yeah, and Kay sounds like that. that's her, really cool. Her episode was probably like one of my favorites. That's already out. So yeah. Diana isn't out yet. Okay. Um, Diana will be next week. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Kay's is really good. Cool. Justin's well, was good too. Yeah. So... <laughs> Sarah Steffi, again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for <laughs> revealing that story. Well, uh, I don't think that micro content will make its way to Facebook and all our high school friends, so you're probably <laughs> safe. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys for coming on. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thank you.